Good morning. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, 2021. The Torah is very precise in its claim for the purpose of the effect of keeping kosher, which is the subject of our parsha, the parsha of Shmini. There is no claim anywhere in the Torah for a health benefit from keeping kosher. But at the end of the parsha, at the end of the presentation of kosher species and non-kosher species, the Torah says as follows, Ki ani Hashem, God says, I am God, who raised you up from the land of Egypt, to be for you a God, in order for you to be holy, because I am holy. It's interesting. There are many times in the Torah, many mitzvahs in the Torah, where we are told that a specific mitzvah is Zecher liyitzias mitzrayim, a reminder of having gone out of Egypt. Of course, everything relating to Pesach, but even other mitzvahs like tefillin and um, the firstborn, uh, redeeming the firstborn, and so many other mitzvahs, Zecher liyitzias mitzrayim, a reminder of going out of Egypt. But this Notice the slight difference in words. This is Hama'ale'eschem. God somehow elevated us in leaving Egypt through eating kosher food. What does that mean? The connection is not at all obvious and it is not clarified anywhere in the Torah. What is it about eating kosher that makes us more holy? Rabbi Sachs suggests it is the self-control needed to keep kosher. I can eat this. I'm not allowed to eat this. And this is a fundamental lesson of creation that it belongs to the creator. It belongs to God, not to us. We have the right to use it. We have the right to enjoy it. We have the right to improve it, but only as God permits us. Not everything in the universe is available for our consumption. So that separation, that requirement to ask and answer a question every time I put something in my mouth to consider what God wants of me, that is the elevation of holiness that eating kosher brings. Okay, that's one approach. A number of commentators take that approach. There's a very different approach that I want to share with you. And that is that eating kosher food and desisting from non-kosher food is supposed to refine our character. So here's one example of how this works. The Torah in our parsha lists kosher species, non-kosher species. It lists kosher birds that we're allowed to eat 
and it lists non-kosher birds that we're not allowed to eat. And one of the non-kosher birds that we are not allowed to eat is a bird that is called in the Torah Chasida. Chasida. We don't actually know the precise translation of these words, of these names. Many assume that this bird is a stork, which is a non-kosher bird. But there's a bird called Chasida, and it's not kosher. The name Chasida is an interesting name. It comes from the word Chesed, which means kindness. So the Talmud says as follows, Amr Rabbi Yehuda, V'lama nikrashma chasida? How does this bird get a name? Which sounds like a really nice name, chasida. A kind, pious bird. How does it get this name? Because it does acts of kindness with its friends. If it collects food, it shares what it has. If it collects protection, it shares what it has with the birds that are around her. And therefore, it's called a chasid. Okay. First question is, it's odd that a bird should have a name like that, which sounds like such a nice thing, and a character like that, which goes along with the name, which seems like such a nice character, and that bird should be trafe. Why should that bird be trafe? Maybe that should be something that we should be eating. Though, there is no claim in the Torah that kosher is based on the personality of the animal. There's no such claim within the Torah. However, the Rambam, Maimonides, does write this in his Morinavuchim, his major philosophical work, where a large part of his work is based on trying to understand the reasons behind the mitzvahs that we have. The Rambam writes, Maimonides writes, that the reason that these animals are kosher and these animals are not kosher is that these animals, the kosher animals, have certain positive character traits and by eating them, we absorb, we um, as, integrate that character within ourselves so that in fact, keeping a kosher diet seeks to make us more refined, uh, more moral even in a certain sense. But that just makes the question more difficult because the Rambam points out all non-kosher birds have a cruel temperament. Birds of prey, for example. All birds of prey are not kosher. The only birds that we're allowed to eat are birds that are not birds of kosher. So, um, but a chasida, a chasida with such a name of chesed, of kindness, and, and the Talmud specifically says that it performs acts of kindness. So, especially according to the Rambam, it would seem that a chasida should be a kosher bird. Why is it not a kosher bird? Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Weinreb 
and a number of other scholars share the following insight. They say, this Hasidah bird, what does it do? The Talmud said, it does acts of kindness for its friends, but not for any other birds. In fact, to any other birds outside of its close circle, this bird is quite cruel. And that's not kindness. When you can show acts of kindness only to those in your immediate circle, only to those who are like you, who speak like you and look like you and act like you, when your kindness is limited to your close circle, that's not kindness. That's tribalism. Now, of course, we should prioritize. We should have a higher level of kindness to our family than to strangers, a higher level of kindness to our friends than to people that we do not know. But our kindness must extend beyond our immediate surroundings. And if it doesn't, then that is not kindness. That's tribalism. For our kindness to be real, it's got to be based on the model of the famous Pasuk, which we will learn soon in the Torah. Love your fellow as you love yourself. That's the basis of our obligation to act with kindness to others. But listen carefully to the words of the Pasuk, because I didn't quote the entire Pasuk. Love your fellow as you love yourself. Ani Hashem, because I am God. What does that mean? What do those last two words mean? Love your fellow the way you love yourself. It makes sense by itself. Why does it need the addition of the words, because I am your God? The answer, or an answer is, the reason to be kind to someone else is not because you're my friend, not because we're close to each other, not because we have a lot in common, but because I see in you a reflection of God, just as I see in myself. I recognize that every human being is created in God's image. That means that just like I reflect some aspect of God, you, whoever you are, simply by being a human being, you reflect an aspect of God. And so what God says is to us is, love your fellow as you love yourself because you should see me, God, reflected in your fellow, not because you're so close and have so much in common. The Hasidah bird lacks this. And its kindness is not a refinement. It's a shortcoming. And we do not want to incorporate that shortcoming. Although the name sounds nice, but in practice, it is not the kindness that we are looking for. 
We are looking for the kindness that, yes, does prioritize our family and our friends and those around us, but still extends beyond. The obligation for a Jewish person to, to feel the connection with every human being and that's in a positive sense and in a negative sense. If someone else is suffering, that means that I'm suffering. And if I can come to their aid, I must come to their aid. Not only because they're a member of my family. Yes, of course, if they're a member of my family. Yes, of course, if they're a close friend. But as long as they're a human being, that obligation of connection and kindness needs to apply. And that's why the Hasida bird is not something that we want to incorporate. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.